Good morning, everybody. Great to see you. Thank you uh, for being here. You're in uh, the good to go or preparing to go. What's it called? The seminar? Something about going? Something like that. Seminar. So it's great to see you. My name is Simon uh, Walker. I um, used to lead, past tense, uh, the church uh, in Bristol. Um, but as of three weeks, we've been uh, living in Cardiff uh, and are in the process of starting from scratch again. Um, so um, it's great to be doing a seminar on this subject of going and also having some integrity uh, about what we're saying. I was um, with some friends uh, recently and they were rejoicing over the fact that they had managed to negotiate buying a coffee table. I don't really think buying a coffee table is a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing when you're buying a coffee table in Beirut and you are English. Uh, this couple uh, were sent out from us last year and um, they had turned up uh, as part of our, our church planting team uh, in that nation and uh, they were learning language and their team leader had said, your language is good enough now to travel across town to negotiate the traffic, to tell the taxi driver where to go, buy this uh, this coffee table which you have to negotiate the price on and then give directions back home and you have to do this entirely in Arabic and come home with this coffee table and they were happily posting their photographs on WhatsApp of this coffee table that they had purchased as a massive outcome in their adventure that was because they had sensed the call to go and this is practically what going meant for them that they hadn't been able to move to a new culture start to learn a language, learn how to do business, even the small purchase in that culture, negotiate, buy something they wanted and get it home as part of their setting up home. It's good to go. So I want to try and um, frame the ideas around this seminar uh, in the image of how do you end a drought? Uh, and I can give you two possible options of how do you end a drought. Well, you can build some pipelines, you can set up some pumps, you can get some road tankers to move water, or you can dig a well. And I want to talk to you today about what it means to dig a well in every community, in every society that we live in. Vision is a big thing. You'll hear us talk a lot about our vision to... Uh, transform thousands of lives through hundreds of churches in tens of nations. Oh, look at this. And have coffee. And have coffee. <laughs> oh, my word. What a wife. Thank you, sweetheart. So how, how important vision is for us is that, is that it helps us get to places. It helps sustain us. It helps us pursue something, pursue something deep and significant. It motivates us. It it helps us when we feel God, we're getting bogged down. It, it gives us the ability to motivate and capture others up into it. And the story of Scripture is about how people catch a vision and that motivates them to carry through on some challenging things. It even says this uh, of Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Jesus had a vision. He had a joy 
set before him. He could see something. And because he could see something, he therefore went through some things. He, he accepted the challenge that, that he faced and therefore in the, he, he was prepared to endure a challenge because he saw something more than that. And as we think about what it might mean to go, we need something that captivates us than is more than just the initial challenges that we face, more than the initial tasks that before us. Dare I suggest that we need some driving ambitions in life that are beyond us and are beyond even what we could do individually that are catching us up in something that's bigger and grander and more substantial than what any individual one of us might have. I would like to suggest to you that the, your life needs to have vision, but it also needs to be about serving something that is bigger than anything we might do individually. It breaks our individual itis and catches us up into something that is substantial. Uh, a Welsh preacher called Bryn Jones talked about getting the church back to God's original plan. He, he talked about it in this way. We do not seek to return to an original condition Rather, we seek to advance to the fullness of God's original intention. And as we look today about what it means to go, I want us to look at what is God's original intention for us and how do we fit into that? How do we get something of God's vision, of God's story, of, of what the Bible is teaching us and how does that capture us and then how do we take that and see that apply down into our individual lives and then how do we from that start to find purpose and plans that come from that so we're going to have a, a kind of if you like whistle stop tour of what the bible has in its heart god has in his heart around the idea of going the Bible in many ways is one great story and it sets before us a pattern of how God works and who God is. So if we dive, I'm going to dive into a number of little passages and look at a number of little things that I hope will build up a, a picture for us to understand what God wants to say to each of us. Let's go to the opening, to Genesis chapter 1, where Adam and Eve are in the first temple the place of encounter between God and man in Eden. And God blesses them, it says in Genesis 1 verse 28, blesses them and says to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over every living creature that moves on the ground. And our forebears, the beginnings of humanity, the, uh, the, the very genesis of, of human beings are given blessing and instruction God blesses them they know God they walk with God they experience God they have privilege of relationship with God hallelujah and they have purpose blessing and purpose and their purpose is to fill the earth be fruitful increase in number fill the earth and subdue it bring my rule so as those that are made in my image I'm blessing you to behave as I will behave, to bring my rule. I want you to fill the earth with my blessing. I've blessed you to multiply and fill the earth with my blessing. 
And he says we're made in God's image and God's likeness so that we may do this. So humanity, you and I, are made to be able to bring God's blessing, to know God and bring his blessing, to fill the earth and subdue it. That's God's original intention. That's God's big vision, to fill the earth with people that know him. And the devastating story is that Adam and Eve chose to disregard God's plan and invent their own. They thought, we'll, ha we'll invent our own vision. We'll do our own thing. We'll choose to live in a different way. We'll stop believing God's story and we'll be tempted to believe a different story, that we can do it independently. We can do it without God. And as a consequence, the plan of God got initially, if you like, thwarted and distorted and the agents of God lost their track, lost their vision, lost their, their, their way. But God did not give up on his plan. In fact, even in the very moment when he is rebuking Adam and Eve and bringing judgment and bringing judgment on the serpent, the devil, he says this, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. But he, and he says, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That the offspring, that the, what will come out of the woman, Jesus ultimately, will destroy you. But he'll destroy you through suffering. You will bite his, you'll bite at him, but he will crush you. So we have this plan that God will remake his creation, but it will involve suffering. And this vision, if you like, this understanding, this story echoes throughout the Bible. So we have this echo going throughout the Bible, the blessing of God on a people that he will restore creation through, that God's blessing will come across the world. So as Noah and his family emerge out of the ark in Genesis chapter 9, the Bible says this, Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful, increase in number, and fill the earth. Do you hear the echo of what was said in Genesis? He blessed them. And says, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth. That's the same thing. It's the same pattern. It's the same message. Do you think God has an agenda for humanity? I'm going to bless you now. Fill the earth. Fill the earth with my blessing. That's his plan. The calamity then follows again. So it ultimately is sums up in Genesis chapter 11 where we have the nations conspiring to get to heaven, to be like God. They build the Tower of Babel. God comes down and judges them and scatters them across the nations. And immediately after what seems like devastation, God moves again, calls a man, calls a family. This time it's Abraham and Sarah. And he says to them, I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the families or clans or peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So the same thing comes again. A people who know God, who are blessed by God, who are going to bless everywhere, going to bless the nations. It's the same pattern from Genesis with Adam and Eve through Noah, through Abraham. It's the same basic thing. I'm going to bless you and I want you to go everywhere, multiply and bring my blessing. Bring what you know of me to everyone, everywhere. This is the basic intent of God for us. God chooses us that we would know him, be in fellowship with him, and go in that to bless the nations of the world. 
So as the story goes on and Abraham's family multiplies and multiplies and becomes a, a nation, ultimately a nation in captivity in Egypt, and they're there oppressed in Egypt, perhaps numbering a couple of million now. And then deliverance comes. Deliverance comes through a lamb, through suffering. And as that group of people emerge out of captivity, led by Moses, God speaks to them and says this, although, although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom. And a, what kind of kingdom? A kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now, priests in the Bible have two functions. They represent people to God and they represent God to people. So priesthood goes before God on behalf of people and prays and then turns and represents God to people and says, God is like this. And God says to the nation of Israel, I want you to be before me for the nations of the world and I want my life in you to speak to the nations of the world and what I'm like. I want you to be before me and blessed and stand before the people and speak about what I'm like. And that was God's intention for Israel, though they very rarely got anywhere close to it. And certainly as a sending group of people, Jonah was a fairly reluctant missionary. That was what God's intention was to be. So as the prophets start to emerge and talk about this, you get language like this. I've made you a light to the Gentiles. And you get Isaiah saying, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So the Old Testament story has this idea that we are meant as a people to be a people that are blessed and bring a blessing. That we're meant to receive from God and go. I was um, in, um, in the Middle East in a... Uh, in uh, in a neighbourhood where some Syrian refugees had moved in, and um, a friend of mine who who was living uh, in the area um, uh, allowed us to meet some of his friends, and um, we went, journeyed through uh, this district past um, uh, a mosque that was uh, run uh, by a fairly extremist group, uh, and down some streets and uh, went into a uh, some a flat complex. Uh, went up uh, a couple of flights of stairs uh, in this flats complex and uh, went into a room and there was a Bible study taking place. Uh, and um, the Bible study was uh, studying John chapter 1. And um, I'd not quite been in a Bible study like, quite like it before. Uh, we all sat in a circle and uh, everybody read the passage. Now, the, the study was in Arabic. Um, everybody in the room uh, were Muslim background. And uh, I'd... Um, so I didn't participate, I was just had the privilege of someone translating for me. I had one or two friends with me. And um, we go around the room and everybody reads um, the passage in Arabic. Uh, and then everybody prays. And we, and we just, everybody prayed. And then we studied the passage. And we were all, everybody asked, we were all asked a question. What's the passage said to you? Uh, what's the passage told you about God? Um, what do you think this means? What are you now going to do? And we all answered the questions. Everybody took part, but everybody had to answer every question. <laughs> it was quite deliberate. Um, and, uh, and then I, I asked, you know, who are these people? Uh, I said, oh, each one of these people 
has become a follower of Jesus since they moved from Syria to where we were. Uh, they were refugees. Um, and, uh, and I said, oh, what's going to happen now? I said, oh, they'll all go now. They all, all have their own group. So they'll all go back to their own flats and they'll repeat this study that we've just done with people in their group. And their groups are mixed. Some of them are believers, some of them aren't yet believers. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm in the Bible. <laughs> this is very, very exciting. So I turned to one lady uh, and, I, and I said to her, um, you must have lost an awful lot uh, fleeing all the, the civil war and all that's been happening in your nation. And she said to me, she said, in, um, in Syria, uh, we had houses, but we didn't have Jesus. Now we have nothing, but we have Jesus. We haven't lost much. And I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by the fact that this story's reached her. This idea that, that nations will come to Christ, that the earth will be filled with knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That God intends this and intends that we would have the privilege of knowing that blessing and participating and bringing that blessing to others. And that can be in more difficult places or less difficult places, but the intent is still the same. The primary way that we are described in the Bible is the people who are blessed to go and bless. We almost need to have a stronger call to stay than we do to go. We almost need to hear God to stay put because it seems that the standing order is to go. Let's just see that in the New Testament. We've, we've looked at the old, but how would we understand the new? Each of the gospel writers introduces Jesus in a different but linked way. Mark just announces, he's here. Just all of a sudden, boom, the prophet Isaiah spoke about one who was to come. John announced him, he's here. He's sent from heaven to be with us. The kingdom of God is here, Mark announces. Matthew introduces Jesus as the son of Abraham, blessing the nations, the son of David, the great ruling king. Luke introduces Jesus in his genealogy as a greater Adam who will introduce a new creation. Jesus, his genealogy is traced back to Adam as a, a greater Adam to fulfill the promises that were to come. John introduces Jesus as the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. In each of the introductions of Jesus that the gospel writers give us, we get this sense of God has come to bring about his will. He has come on his mission. He has come from heaven. He has been sent to be amongst us, to bring about God's blessing and God's mission, to have his people for himself. That the love of God has become incarnate amongst us, communicate what God is. It's the ultimate show and tell moment that God would show us what he's like, that we would know what he's like, that Jesus comes ultimately as the sent one, as the one who is sent from heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave or he sent his one and only son. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That our God is a God on a mission. He's a God who goes. He's a God who chooses to move out. And he chooses 12. 12 
apostles to represent the 12 tribes of a renewed Israel. He chooses 70 to send them out to represent the 70 nations or the list of nations that was in Genesis 11 and the calamity of Babel. And he's demonstrating that he wants to renew Israel and reach the nations of the world. So he says, but when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. And he speaks about this and challenges his original core group of 12 that are the beginnings of the people of God renewed the church. So it comes to perhaps our famous of all passages on this whole subject. Come to Matthew chapter 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. As surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And there in Matthew chapter 28, what Jesus does is he takes the new creation community, what we call the church, and he says to them exactly in essence, what God said to Adam and Eve. I'm blessing you. I've got authority. I'm sending you with my authority to all the nations to cause them to become followers, to also become made in my image, to know my blessing. I'll be with you always. Teach them to obey me. The Great Commission is simply an echo of Creation's Commission. It's God's intent for humanity. That we will be a people who would carry his blessing to the ends of the earth. So what God said to Adam and Eve is recovered and restored in Jesus and given to us as the church. And we are called to this purpose. The whole of the church is not this one individual. It's not like we, every now and then we get some hero that goes to another place. We are called to be a people who are going. We're called to be a people that embrace this and say, this is our identity. We are a missionary movement. We are a people with a destiny to our neighbors and to neighborhoods and to nations. That's where we fit. That's where we work best. That's where we find our, our greatest fulfillment, our greatest purpose, is that we know God and we take that knowledge of God to fill the earth to bring his blessing. So Jesus speaks to them in Acts chapter 1. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the very ends of the earth. You will receive my blessing to go. So we're called into that. Now, this is important that we grapple with this because so often... We, we are looking for specifics before we concrete in the clarity of the general. Does that make sense? We, 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 we want, I, want, I, want, I want the man from Macedonia moment. Possibly, we often quote it, the Apostle Paul has a dream. There's a man from Macedonia calling him, come over here and help and start a church. So we all were looking for a man from Macedonia moment. The reason Paul needed a man from Macedonia moment because he wasn't sure where to go next. 
he was, it was a bit confusing. Where do I go next? I can't go there. God's not, seems to be a, bro, a, a blocked door there. There's a bit of confusion there. Where do I go, Lord? Oh, yes. I know where to go. He knew it was right to go. It was just, where do I go? Paul's issue was, was where next? The answer of Macedonia comes in the where next. The thing that we need really to earth in and to, to get that foundation right into the bedrock of who we are is that we're called to go. We're called to be people on a mission that have this in our DNA as every believer is caught upon this purpose of God together. You're a part of the purposes of God now. He has enlisted you. You belong to him. It's the greatest privilege that we have is to represent him. We're ambassadors of Christ. This is who we are. This is the core of our DNA now as believers. We're called into this commission that was given to Adam and Eve, that's restored in Christ, is now given to the church in the power of the Spirit. This is who we are, friends. That's what we're called to live. And we then say, well, where do I fit in that? What's my particular place? How do I get behind it? Paul says this of himself, through him and for his name's sake, we receive grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. It's always been my ambition, he says in Romans 15, beginning and end of Romans, he says similar things. It's always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not yet known. So let me ask you, having tried to very quickly rattle through this, what is God's plan? What is the big vision? What is the big thing that holds us? Let me ask you, what is your ambition? We can get onto specifics. We can figure out how we handle the specific what bedrock. Where is it? What's the what's the driving thing that other things serve? So so my career, my my uh, wealth, my skills, my family, my my talents need to be deployed to the things that I'm called to do. I deploy them to serve something. I remember um, when I was graduating from university and wondering what I do, I knew that some of the specifics of this calling for me was about what I'm doing now. But I knew it wasn't time for that. So I started to ask the question, how can I, my first career moves, how can I make those in such a way that they fit to this ambition? This vision, how do I make those decisions fit to that? Well, I, I, I started to look for something that fitted into some of the things that I felt God was calling me to. I was starting to ask that question. How do I make that fit to what God's calling me to? And this, I believe, is our story. It's, it's finding the specifics collectively as churches and persons as individuals of our ambitions fitting into these plans that God has. So we're now running through the Bible. We're poised at a moment in history. Jesus has given his commission and promised the Spirit. And one of the important things we now have to do is ask what happened next. Because that helps us understand how the beginnings of the church, how our first leaders, how the early apostles understood what Jesus intended and what the Spirit was given for. And that's why this few days we're looking at the book of Acts. Because the book of Acts is an explanation of what the apostles, the early church, understood of what Jesus intended his training to deliver. Have you ever considered those three years of the apostles was, it, was the greatest training program there ever was? And he in, had an intent for them. He was looking for some outcomes. 
And he said, wait, wait for the power. But when the power comes, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to testify about me. You're going to tell the story everywhere. And that's what happened. The Spirit of God was poured out. And we began to see some patterns emerge. Now, to some extent, you can read the book of Acts and see it as just a whole load of chaos. But if you look behind it, you begin to see something happening that becomes to be consistent. So whether it's in Samaria, where Philip goes, and a whole lot of people seem to become believers, or, 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 or perhaps quite dramatically, in Jerusalem, there's a persecution under, uh, when this, this young go-for-it leader called Stephen is murdered as the first Christian martyr. And as a consequence, there's a huge scattering. And people are uprooted. They're losing their jobs. They're losing their family networks. They're, they're losing their homes. A number of them settle in a place called Antioch. Or whether it's Paul who, who turns up in Ephesus and, uh, and finds a few people who are, are just meeting outside the, the town and he does an alpha course with them and some of them they get saved and he then launches into the town. The outcome, or the outcome in Jerusalem, the outcome ends up being the same. That Jesus is presented, people become followers, they get baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit and they gather together as a community of people. And that community of people then lives, lives out the Christian life and declares the Christian life to the community they're in. We call it church planting. But essentially, that's what happened. Sometimes it was chaos. All of a sudden, a whole load of refugees turn up in Antioch and start telling the people that they've arrived amongst about Jesus and leadership catches up. Other times, it's very deliberate. We're going here to start again. Sometimes it's a combination of, of, of the two and other things as well. But in each of those contexts, the outcome becomes the same thing. That churches get started, they get gathered, they get taught, that believers start to identify with one another, identify with Christ and start to share their faith with everybody around them. And there's, there's development and training and, and all sorts of vision. But essentially, wherever it goes, it ends up being the same thing. That a community of people are discover who Jesus is and become like a, a community within a community to demonstrate who Christ is and they come outward looking, sharing and caring and presenting Christ. So that's what we see throughout the scripture. We, we, we um, Kate and I went through this uh, very recently. We've, we've experienced um, uh, what I've now uh, come to know as the apostolic ambush um, three times in our lives um i was uh, a trainee leader in uh, in newcastle we were very newly married kate was pregnant uh, with our first child um and uh we were wondering what we were going to do next and there was a small group of people uh it seemed like a million miles away 300 miles away uh, on the sussex coast we're in newcastle so it's like it's, it's, it's moving abroad um uh, and uh, we moved to this small group of people just outside Worthing, a place called Lansing, a little village. Um, Twenty odd people meeting, and uh, and we felt uh, it, it was encouraged by Terry, of all people, to go and look at, at leading this group. Uh, and we moved there with with a sense of you know we don't specifically feel like God's put in our hearts to ever move to south of Sheffield, let alone to Sussex. And uh, you know it's you know uh, but we felt. 
we, fa- we found grace within the sense of being caught up in something. And as we prayed, we thought, yeah, God's leading. This feels good to us in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and God blessed us, and we saw that, that church grow and move and grow and move. And, uh, and we were there for eight, eight and a half years and, and uh, left the church with a couple of hundred members and, and, and were grateful to God. And, um, and the, we moved to Bristol having um, another one of the New Frontiers Apostles say, do you fancy a meeting for pizza? Uh, I'm thinking, that sounds dodgy. Um, uh, and it turned out to be incredibly dodgy. He picked up the bill but asked us if we'd move. And um, we, we ended up moving um, uh, to, to, to Bristol where we, we've been for 13 years. Uh, and, we, and they said, go and build a, a good church there. So we arrived. Uh, I think I preached to 40, I think it was 49 people on the first Sunday. Um, and, and we found some friends and we began to find God's blessing. And some people joined us. We saw some people saved. Uh, and, and we leave with a gathering of you know, 400, 450 people uh, and a sense of God's hand. And we were just beginning to restructure our leadership and I was going to take a different role and I was going to meet with Guy, uh, I think it was four days before Easter, and um, just to discuss what, it was going to, what shape it was going to take, knowing that last West Point, we heard the message, going not knowing. And, um, you know, uh, uh, I, was, I was staying and praying and, um, uh, and the message was go, not know. And, uh, and guys, the guy said to me, we, we wonder if you should move again. And, uh, and so we've, we've, we're doing it. So we've, we've I now lead a church of, of five, um, which is, they're all my relatives, my wife and three of my kids. Uh, and the kids aren't quite sure they're in it yet. Um, <laughs> Uh, we've got a few more people, actually we've got four more families trying to move, to be fair. Uh, and um, we, found, we found, actually, I found a, a former Bristol student um, uh, on the social media this week who came out for dinner and is now cat-sitting for us, so maybe she'll join us as well. Um, uh, but but we, 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 I'm telling you this story because, oh, where are we? We're in Cardiff. Oh, you missed that bit, I told that everyone. Yeah, we're in Cardiff now. Uh, um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, st- I'm still trying to find the sat-nav on Aldi. Aldi on the sat-nav, I mean. You know, it's still it's, it's at that level. Um, but we know that God's brought us to do this again. Now, the specifics will be different. Every, you've got to find the specifics of how God's going to cause you to reach that group of people and build something that, that is incarnational in that place, for, those, for that city, for that nation to hear God. So it'll be different to the other ones. But I know that, you know, God's called us. Now, I've never, in my, I've, never, I, I've never had a vision from God where God said, go to Newcastle, go to, go to Worthing, go to Bristol, go to Cardiff. I've not got a, a, to, a to-go list in the back of some journal somewhere that God downloaded 30 years ago after I got saved. But there was a point in a meeting like this in a place called Keswick Convention where I caught this vision, where God said to me, you're an ambassador now and I, I, I'm the king and I, you're going to be my representative. Are you in for this? And I said, yeah, I'm in. And, I, and now, so I'm under those, I'm under orders. My family are under orders. We're just waiting for the next thing to do. We've just got it. So uh, we, we, we're moving. We've just moved and we're starting again. We're going to. I've got a blank sheet of paper. Start a church planting movement beginning in Cardiff. So we're going to do that for South Wales. That's what God's put on our hearts. That's the next thing. And we'll t- keep touching the southwest of the UK and 
get to the Muslim world as well. But <laughs> <laughs> you've only got one life. Well, that's not you know. You, then you get a new life. You don't get a new one. Um, uh, you can you you can either drive a tanker, park it in a street, and put a tap on it, or you can move in and dig a well. I want to encourage you. It's, it's time to think about digging some wells. To go to new places and dig wells. So, having set before you this kind of biblical understanding of what it means to be a human being, which is to know God's blessing and take that blessing all over the world, we then just have to figure out where we fit into it. We have to figure out what, 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 what's your part in it next. How does that work for you where you are? How does that work to get caught up in it to go together? One of the things that we just need to add into our understanding of this is that this was always a together thing. As you read our, our New Testaments, it wasn't like a whole lot of individuals shooting off wherever they fancied and hoping it worked. Even though at times it was chaotic, there was always a sense of we're doing this together. We're building a community of people to represent Christ to the communities of the world. So you'll notice in our publicity and, uh, uh, and what we're saying as commission, there's certain places and certain things we want to do. But there's certain, certain places and certain things we'll do that we don't have written down yet because God hasn't spoken clearly about the specifics, but he's putting it in people's hearts. So that we aren't limited in where we're going, but we prophetically have a sense of certain places we're moving towards. And all that information is scattered around and will be displayed to you. Different church plants, different nations that are on our hearts. But in this context, I've tried to set a big narrative before you so that you might be stirred and then start to ask some questions. Questions around, I wonder if God's stirring me. I feel stirred, but could you give me some hints of where you'd like me to go? You may just feel, I'm, I'm available, where would you like me to go? We've got some suggestions for you. So, what now? We're going to pray in a moment, but first let me give you some thoughts. Whilst it's good to pray and cherish these things in your heart, share discreetly what you feel God might be saying to you at the moment. Share with a trusted friend, share with some trusted leaders. Weigh and weigh what you feel God's saying. How is God giving detail into this, the general? God is calling forward a people for himself. We see in the New Testament, and Terry so helpfully mentioned it this morning, that there was an apostolic pattern to what happened, a, a movement of gift that enabled us to get places to do this. And wonderfully, we work with a team that has the ability to enable us to do that. So we're not going solo to Cardiff. We're connected in. We're weighing, we're praying, we're, we're sharing, we're, we're, we're collecting resources, we're working as a team, and we want to do that. I'm, working with people who are talking about going to different places around the world. It's one of my roles is to help people do that. So we want to enable people to go, to enable us to do this mission together. So pray, share, bring it to your leaders. Invite, together with those leaders, apostolic prophetic ministry to help you work out how do we do what God is calling us to do together. I believe 
last year at West Point, we had, um, and I believe we'll have it again this year, we had a, a significant offering of money. Um, but I believe that God would want us to have a significant offering of people. That in the same way we were surprised last year and we got more than double what we were believing God for. I believe that God wants us to have an offering of people. We're not simply putting money in the buckets, but we're putting our addresses, we're putting our lives, we're putting our children's education, we're putting our careers, putting our mortgages into the bucket, into the offering to say, Lord, here I am, send me. The, the, the call to go is a standing order. John Wimber used to say, all orders are standing orders until there's new orders. And there's, there's, there's a standing order in the Bible, which is a standing order to go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, and that go and make disciples of all nations is the echo of God's purposes for his, his creation, those who are made in his image, for humanity. Started with Adam and Eve. It's, we hear it in Noah. We hear it in Abraham. We hear it in Moses. We hear it in David. You see it ultimately are incarnated in Christ and Jesus anointed by the Spirit, and then he passes that on to the church. He says, all authority has been given to me, therefore I'm sending you in the power of the Spirit to take this message to the nations, take the gospel to the nations. And they did that through planting churches wherever they went. And let me tell you, friends, nothing has changed. Jesus hasn't changed. The Spirit hasn't changed. The plan hasn't changed. And our responsibility, it now comes to us. The baton has now been handed to us. It's like we don't know where what leg of this relay race it is, but the baton is fairly and squarely in our hands. So it's time for us to say where, when and how, rather than if and maybe. Now we've got some great resources to help you. We've got some great people that want to get with you and, and help you find work that out in detail. But this session is about laying that foundation for you I'm thinking, yeah, I, I want to resolve that in my heart. I'll resolve the sense of, mm, yeah, God's, God, God says these things. It's the echo throughout the scriptures of the purpose for, for his image bearers. And to say yes, and, and, th and that may be something that means that there's no immediate change in the practical nature of what you do. But there's a different view of who you are and what you're here for. Settle out. This is this is who I am. This is what I'm here for. Now, Lord, please help me work out the specifics. I'm made in your image to know your blessing, to experience salvation, your blessing, the coming of the Spirit, your blessing, in order that I could represent you, be your ambassador, be your witness everywhere to the nations of the earth. So where is it for me now, Lord? That might mean that you go to speak to that stranger who's at the school gate, who's in the neighborhood that you've never ventured for. You're waiting for a divine appointment. You are the divine appointment. Go and have it. Go have it. Or maybe there's a stirring in you for something more. It's good to go. Maybe there's a new place. Maybe you're stirred by the movement that's happening in our, our nation, that people are moving, like we've moved to Cardiff. Or maybe God's taking you and stirring in you a new, new nation. Maybe it's to go and join what we're doing in Portugal or Spain or India. Or maybe it's to go into the Middle East or to Africa. Maybe it's some of the unreached peoples of the world. Maybe it's the fact that God's shaken the nations and brought wonderfully so many nations to us. That we live in a, 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 na in a, a landlocked island that's full of different peoples. 
What a blessing that is. But I do believe that God's called us to this. I believe it's part of our destiny. And it's now, where, where, where would you have us go, Lord? So I'm, we're going to, I'm going to, you've got a quarter from our left. I, I don't want to talk for the whole hour. I just want get, to get us praying a little bit. So um, I'm, I'm just going to take a, I'm gonna, I, f- I think we should stand. I, I feel we should stand and we'll, we'll just see what happens. Um, there, there's a, there's a real vulnerability and, and tenderness that I, um, God puts in his people that uh, I think it's one of the, it's very beautiful uh, that we would know him and hear his voice. So nobody needs to manipulate anybody. That's the last thing we would want. But just wa- I just want to uh, help us stand. Let's just stand before the Lord and just take a moment. Lord, Lord Jesus, we are here for you. We are here for for your purposes and for your fame. We're here to really enjoy being your children and to do our best to exercise our responsibilities being your witnesses. It's, it's colossal. What a colossal thing that you would have people in this earth that would know you and make you known. So we, we just want to... We just want to settle that in our hearts. This is who we are. The people to know God and make God known. We thank you for that. Thank you that that's the the DNA that runs throughout your creation of your image bearers. From Adam and Eve, though they messed up, the story of your work in humanity is about restoring image bearers that would bear the image restoring them to you that they could go and make you known see it's what you said to Noah it's what you said to Abraham it's echoed through Moses and David and ultimately finds its greatest expression in for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son now thank you now the baton's come to us it is so good to go So I just encourage you, just as we're before the Lord, just to settle it in your heart. Be peaceful about this. Say yes to the Lord. Open up the window of possibilities. Don't say, but I've got this responsibility, I've got this debt, I've got these children, I've got... Don't limit the Lord at this moment. He knows exactly what you do have and don't have. He knows exactly your responsibilities and your challenges. But just say, Lord, I'm here. Here I am. Like Isaiah saw the Lord and his response was, here I am, send me. Thank you, Lord. What's the idea? Um, I keep getting the phrase adventure to build 
often we think of uh, people going on the on a year out or an extended period of time just going around the world there's a there's a sense of uh, sometimes of not taking responsibility of uh, not wanting to be rooted down of of not wanting to uh, build something to just want to go and uh, have adventure for adventure's sake and this is so different this is adventure to build this is adventure to see something planted this is an adventure to see God's glory radiate right across the nations this is adventure for responsibility's sake but it's adventure and sometimes as people get older in life they they see younger people going off on adventures around the world and they think there's a pang in them and I just feel for a lot of people here it's time for adventure it's time for adventure, and it's just as good as those adventures of people touring the world. It's actually better. It's adventure for responsibility. It's adventure to build. It's adventure that builds community, that builds connection. It isn't individuality. It's an adventure together. Lord God, set fires in people's hearts new fires for adventure old fires that have gone down to embers and say whisper whisper in people's ears there's adventure for you there's an adventure for your children there's adventure to build God's glorious church and you are not alone your desire for adventure is not an alone thing. It's a together thing. Thank you, God. Pour your spirit out on us now, right across this room. Come, Lord. Thank you. I just want to ask you to um, just start to pray and I want you to pray for people or places that while you've been in this tent in the last hour have flashed through your head it may be uh, some from your family or your neighbours maybe another town or another city in the United Kingdom might be a, a particular people group different particular ethnic background maybe a, a different a nation in the world or a people group in the world um, might be people suffering from a certain challenge uh, that God's burdened you for but I'd just like you to start to pray for um, those people all pray with one voice out loud together so we will make a bit of a noise but that's okay but I'd just like you just to just to do that now just raise our voices and call out to God Lord we just lay before you Father the people of Cardiff and I pray you'll build a church there that is just splendid to your glory and sends people out. I pray you'd make uh, opportunities known. I pray, God, you'd move in power. And I pray, God, you would do great things. Thank you, God, for all that you've done, Lord. I thank you for all that you've done, your shadow on our lives. I pray, Father, you would move with power. 
Thank you, God. Please, God, move with power. I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Now, I, I just I just want to make this uh, a moment for others to, to contribute. So if you feel like you've got a prophetic word for anybody or all of us, or there's just a prayer you feel burdened to pray, I just want to give a moment for 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 us as a whole to participate in that way. So feel free, lead us out if you wish. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you. I just feel there's something very important in the echoes of some of the things that are being said that you may feel you can't do it but as God's speaking to you God's speaking to others as well and you'll discover as you step out in the thing that God is laying on your heart to do you'll find others are also being called to it Father we thank you for what we're hearing just in this glimpse of a moment we sense that there's something ahead of us that involves hundreds of churches and tens of nations. Uh, and Father, I pray that thousands of lives will be transformed because we plant hundreds of churches in tens of nations. Uh, and Father, I do ask you to keep working amongst us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Before you go, can you just grab you to grab ask you to grab your seats just for one more moment? Um, this is the kind of session that uh, doesn't really stand alone in that it stirs things that may lead to further things. Um, so in the uh, displays in the hub area, um, there's places you can fill out forms and that kind of thing to express some sort of interest. You're not signing up to committing to anything, but you can express an interest. I'm interested in, in this issue, or I'm interested in this place, or I'd like to go church planting, but I have no idea where, or I sense a calling to... Muslim people groups, but I don't know what to do about it. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing that we're trying to, to collect from uh, each other. And then we can serve you by getting more information out to you um, that's relevant to that and helping you connect with people who may be able to help you. Um, you also find in your brochures there's uh, an event called Good to Go, which is when we explore what we've done here in 45 minutes over a whole day. When we look at issues around moving and different cultures or different places in the UK, what it means to move, uh, how we can facilitate that for you, what kind of resources and training that we have. And we've got some training resources that enables that process to take place. So um, again, I would encourage you to have a look at the Good to Go Day. And then um, next early summer, we're having a mission orientation trip into um, a Muslim-majority nation, uh, which I'll be taking a group of people who want to come on that to explore what it might be like to go and live in the new nation where the majority culture uh, is not pursuing Christianity and, and what it would mean to settle there, what it means to learn language, um, to start to be a witness, uh, to plant church in that context. So there's details of those those things are around. I think they're in the brochure and they'll be at the, at the um, in the hub as well. So there's next steps for you that we'd like to engage us. If you, please be aware of that and pass that information on because not everybody reads the handbook. Um, <laughs> so, so please pass that information on. Where our, our goal is to facilitate what God is doing amongst us. And apostolically, sometimes we sense we're going here, and sometimes we sense, oh, we're catching up with you apostolically to help you get there. So you may say, well, actually, I want to go to Botswana, and nobody's mentioned Botswana. Well, if, if God's speaking, we'll go. Um, so please know that we have that expansive heart and a prophetic agenda. Um, and we want to facilitate making it possible for you to explore going. If you feel God is speaking to you about it, uh, final thing, obvious thing to say is make sure you're sharing it. Make sure you're sharing it with somebody, a church leader or someone like that, a close friend, as obviously as well as with the Lord. 
Um, but please, uh, we, we go together. Um, so let's let's do our best to do that. Thank you very much uh, for your time this morning. You go, okay, yeah. If anybody's interested in a place in Sidmouth in Devon and would like to start a site or a church there, come and talk to Norman. Sounds a good idea to me. Thank you very much. Love to see you. Enjoy the rest of your day.